welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple weeks ago, I was having lunch with three other pastors at Sugar Cakes on the Square. You may have heard that the Marietta Community Church has called a new pastor about my age named Zach Carden. I wanted to introduce Zach to David Eldridge, who is the pastor at the Stonebridge Church, and my friend Brandon Owen, who is the pastor at First Baptist. The four of us were having lunch, and, and while four Protestant pastors walked into sugar cakes might sound like the beginning of a joke, it wasn't a joke. It was important. It's important that the pastors of this town know each other and that the religious community be as unified as possible. Because if churches are busy competing with each other, we are not working as allies in the greater struggles that our community faces. One of those great struggles that we're likely to ignore if we are busy competing with each other for members is that half of the population of Cobb County has no religious affiliation whatsoever. Did you know that half of the county has no religious affiliation? Look it up sometime. It's in the census data. If we know that half the county has no place of worship, then we don't really need to worry about who goes where and who has the biggest church. We need to focus on the reality that there are about 800,000 people here in Cobb County and 400,000 have no church no synagogue, no mosque, no nothing. So I love getting pastors together. It helps me remember that we are all on the same team. Besides that, the four of us who were having lunch the other day at Sugar Cakes have, have other things in common to talk about. We, we all have families. We all have kids involved in sports. We all love this city that we live in. We all love our churches. We all care about the same things. And 
We all share the same kind of stress that comes from doing ministry and a culture of division. When we had lunch, we talked about that. Zach from Marietta Community Church, Brandon from First Baptist, David from Stonebridge and I are all anxious about the upcoming presidential election that has already grown heated. We're all four struggling with the stress that comes from serving a church where a variety of people all attend who won't all be voting for the same person in a political climate as toxic as ours. I want to share that commonality with you today. All four of us are dreading November already. And I bring that up with you because when I think about leadership and when I think how a leader should act, I look to the Bible. I read about Jesus, who our second scripture lesson says was different from the scribes for he spoke with authority. How is Jesus different from the scribes? And how is his word different from the messages we are hearing now from the news, the primaries, and from the courthouse steps? What was it about Jesus that made him sound like one who spoke with authority, so unlike the scribes? In our second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Mark, there was a crowd of people in the synagogue, but one was left out. We read in verse 23, just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Did you hear that? Whose synagogue was it? It was their synagogue, meaning that this man with the unclean spirit did not belong. Just that one word, there, tells us so much. For in a culture of division... There are lines that separate people from each other. It was their synagogue, the scribe said, for they were well-versed in telling everyone who was in and who was out. When I read about the scribes, it makes me think of the movie Mean Girls that's just been re-released as a musical. The girls in that movie are good at maintaining the social hierarchy of their high school. They knew how to maintain a system of insiders and outsiders. Likewise, in the synagogue that Sabbath day long ago, there were those on the inside and there were those, and there was but one on the outside. Yet with compassion, Jesus went to the lost sheep and brought him back to the fold. With compassion, Jesus bridges the divide in the room. It's as though he were, he were blowing the horn outside the city of Jericho for the walls came tumbling down. With compassion, Jesus was kind to the man who was possessed by a demon. Would that have happened in any of our political rallies today? Last Wednesday morning, the state's Democratic Party chair was here in Cobb County, 
And he's quoted in our paper as saying, this is the year to break the Republican Party's back. When I read that in our newspaper, I felt sick to my stomach. But when it comes to scribes who speak without authority, that's often the best that they can do. Rally supporters and target the opposition. It sounds like the way football fans talk about each other. But because it's politics, it sounds to me more like the beginning of a civil war. And it certainly doesn't sound like Jesus. For whose back did Jesus ever break? In the synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. Jesus went right over to this man with the unclean spirit and he healed him. That's the way Jesus did it. That's the way Jesus lived. And they said he taught as one having authority. Yet I read about another man in the paper who said that the great book debate that the Cobb County school system is wrapped up in is a matter of good and evil. My friends, if we're going to start talking about evil, know that according to Scripture, evil is described in different ways, yet often evil is described as the voice which stirs up division. From our first scripture lesson we read, discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Here in the book of 1 Peter, the devil, like the snake in Genesis, is compared to an animal, but this time the animal is not a snake, but a lion. Do you know how lions hunt? There are great videos of how lions hunt on National Geographic, but, but most of the time it's the lionesses chasing down an antelope while the male lion sleeps in the shade of a tree. <laughs> the way the male lion hunts is by roaring. What happens is when a group of wildebeest or water buffalo know that a lion is around, they form a circle protecting their young in the middle and facing all their horns out. It looks like an image uh, out of the old Western movies where the settlers would circle the wagons with the rifles pointed out and the children in the center. Likewise, the wildebeest will circle around the young with their horns on the outside and so long as the circle remains intact, the lion won't attack. They'd just be running into a bunch of horns and won't be able to get to the young that they want to eat. However, when the lion roars, sometimes the roar scares the wildebeest so much that the circle divides. And once the circle divides, the children get eaten. I bring up that image today. Because I see so many politicians these days harping on divisive issues to stir up their supporters. They roar and their supporters go to one side, dividing the circle. 
dividing our communities, dividing our country, dividing our families. The left goes this way, the right goes that way. The conservatives are on one side and the liberals on the other. Next thing you know, the scribes start talking about how one side is good and the other side is evil. Yet according to 1 Peter, dividing this way is playing into the plan of the evil one. For once the population is divided, the children are easy to eat. Friends... I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired of division. Maybe you are too. And so maybe you can understand why the synagogue was so excited to hear Jesus speak as one with authority. For in a culture of division, where communities are divided, the voice of one who brings unity back is worthy of celebration. Unlike the scribes who called one group good and the other group evil, if Jesus ever talked about there being two groups of people in the world, he called one group neighbors and the other group enemies. And guess what he commanded? That we love them both. That's the truth. He's the truth. And while I don't always read about Christ-like leadership in the newspaper, sometimes I do, and when I see it, I've got to celebrate it. We must celebrate the good news just as much as we worry over the bad news. Did you read that? Did you read about Hodge Army Navy in the newspaper last week? The store was in the newspaper because it's going to be closing, which is sad. That store has been around for 70 years now. Maybe some of you bought your first sleeping bag from there or your first pair of hiking boots. Another reason this store will be missed is that when veterans die, they often wish to be buried in uniform. Only putting together an accurate uniform isn't easy after years of retirement from the military. The old uniform might not fit or, or might have been lost in a move. Hodge Army Navy would put accurate uniforms together so that veterans might be buried in their uniform. And I bring this story from the paper up simply to say that the song goes, they'll know we are Christians by our love, not by how well we break each other's backs, not by how judgmental we are of the people on the other side, not by how much ink we spill calling God's children who think differently than we do evil, for once we become the ones who make the division worse, we become evil ourselves. Be inspired today by those who follow in the way of Jesus, by, speak, by seeking out the lost and the friendless. For when we get to heaven, St. Peter's not going to be asking for our voting record. St. Peter is going to ask not where we stand on the divisive issues of our day, 
Instead, I can hear him reading from Matthew 25 where Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was in prison and you visited me. The ones picketing in the street might say, Lord, I would have laid down my political agenda, but I didn't know that it was you. And the one with authority will respond, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, so you did not do it for me. The one with authority said, love your neighbor, even love your enemy. Go to the one who has been possessed by a demon and love that one too. In our world today, there are so many who are speaking without any authority whatsoever, so let's stop paying them so much attention. If they stir us up and they pull us apart, let us pay less attention to them and more attention to the one who said, do not fear, for I'm with you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemy and rejoice for the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.